Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Young people have unlimited potential to do incredible things if they just allow God to move through them and to use them. Like the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Young people, I just want to say today that if you allow God to move in your life and you allow God free reign, you give him everything, he will blow your mind with the kind of things that he wants to do through you. You will see hungry souls come to the feet of Jesus. You will see your friends, your family uh, coming into a church service and being filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name because the fact of the matter is is that God wants to use each and every one of us and he wants to work through us to touch an infinite amount of souls if we allow him to. So I just want to say thank you so much to Pastor and to Sister Calhoun for all of your support and all of your help. You guys have been awesome and you've helped us out so much. And I want to thank the entire church for making us feel at home. I know when I visited here, uh, before Tasha and I even got married, you guys were so friendly and so welcoming to me. And I just appreciate it very much. This is a very friendly church, a very loving church, and I thank God that it's that way. Amen. So I want to uh, start off by going to Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. It's Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. Say amen when you got it. Amen. So verse 1 starts off and says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, and finally, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Amen. So today, I just want to talk to you for a little bit about changing seasons just want to talk about changing seasons. Pastor, could you pray for this today? Amen. You may be seated. So, Here in Wisconsin, 
We get to see all four seasons, which is kind of nice, except I don't really like winter all that much. Growing up in Mississippi, you know, the winter is way different. Um, I remember the first winter that we were up here, I didn't even know it could snow that much, but we saw so much snow. It was insane. And they didn't cancel school. Like down south, if there's an inch of snow, people are rushing to Walmart to get milk and eggs and bread so that they can lock themselves indoors. The whole city shuts down. School will be closed for like two days. And I mean, it it was a good time. (laughs) But the seasons up here are are really wonderful. Uh, Right now, we're actually finally changing into fall. You know, summer is nice. Up here, it's not as hot as it is down south. But um, (laughs) I love the fall. Fall is my favorite season. Um, We're finally getting to that point where it's changing to fall. So these seasons that we see in the physical, uh, just like the way that we go through the four seasons, there are spiritual seasons as well. There are times where we go through certain things in our life, and sometimes we don't necessarily know why, and we don't understand what the purpose is you know, sometimes we go through a season of, of where it feels like we're in the wilderness, a season, a dry period. Sometimes we go through seasons of abundance where the Spirit of God just rains down on us all the time. And I want to talk about those seasons because, as Ecclesiastes says, to everything there is a season and a time to purpose under heaven. Every season that we go through in our spiritual walk with God, has a purpose. And God wants to work through every season that we go through. So, I don't know where everybody's at today. I don't know what season you feel that you find yourself in. But I I don't know if it's possible, um, Sister Calhoun, could we bring up a song that we listened, that we just heard? Could we bring up the bridge to Awesome? Just, uh, yes, the bridge for me, please. So, like I said, I don't know where everybody's at today. But I want to read this to you. He's great. He's righteous. He's mighty. He's holy. Awesome, awesome. My healer, deliverer, protector, provider, awesome, Awesome. And go to the next slide, please, Sister Calhoun. On the bridge, sorry. He's great, he's righteous, he's mighty, he's holy. My healer, deliverer, protector, provider. It doesn't matter what season we find ourselves in. This is always true. Always true. Just to highlight what Pastor said, you could be in the middle of the wilderness just like Jesus was and feel tempted on every side just like Jesus was. And I want to tell you this right now, that if you do find yourself in the wilderness and you find yourself in those dry and desolate areas, I want you to understand that Jesus knows exactly where you're at because he went through the exact same thing. He was in the wilderness for 40 days fasting and the enemy came in and tried to tempt him and tried to... uh, 
cause him to sin and stumble and fall. But this still remains true. That even though I find myself in these dry, desolate areas, my God is still awesome. He is still great. He is still righteous. He will still sustain me. He will still minister to me. He will still anoint me. He will still heal me and deliver me. Because the God we serve is an awesome God. And his name is Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage somebody that if you feel like you're going through a difficult time, I want to tell you that today is the day for change. Today is the day, right now is the time where God is going to change the season in somebody's life and I believe that he's changing the season in this church. I believe it in Jesus' name. You know, Ecclesiastes, it's a, it's a poem about seasons. It's a poem about the things that we go through in life. It's, uh, it's a poem that shows us that no matter where we're at, there's a, there's a purpose that God has in every moment of our life. You know, and we've come through right now, um, as a church, we're in a transitional period, right? We've come from having church in a hotel, and now we have this beautiful building that everybody works so hard on. And, you know, Pastor, we just can't say it enough that, you know, worship is what made this come together. You know, worship painted the walls. I know you said that over and over again, but it is so true that worship is what caused this to happen. Worship brought it together. And I want to be a part of a worshipful church. I want to be a part of a church that has such a servant's heart that says, you know what? It doesn't matter what my title is. I'm going to paint a wall. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what position I find myself in. I'm going to do something for the kingdom of God. Because God is looking for a servant's heart. But through this transitional period, I just want to say that I believe that God has positioned this church and this body of believers to do something miraculous in Brookfield. I believe that giving us this, you know, all these seats in here, God gave us this big building so he can fill it and then exceed that and overflow it. You know, I think... Just think about it this way. If everybody in here wins one person, the church doubles. If everybody here wins two person, it doubles even beyond that. And God doesn't make mistakes, and God doesn't set his children up for failure. God didn't bless us with this wonderful building and the wonderful staff that we have so that we can fail. What he did is he is setting us up to reach out and minister and and use us to wrap his arms around this city and wrap his arms around the, the hungry hearts and the souls that he wants to see. I want to go to Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And I know this is a really familiar scripture, and we've probably all heard it before. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. First, I just want to emphasize the fact that 
in Joel chapter 2, verses 28, it says, all flesh. There, this is the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God is not just for a select few, but God intends it to be for everyone because in, I believe it's First Peter, he says, it is not my will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. That means that God wants to pour out his spirit upon everyone. You know, in my mind and in, in, in the fleshly part, we think, how is that even possible? You know, because we think about um, different people and, and all the people that we come in contact with. But the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus loves everybody. Jesus loves everybody equally. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. Jesus loves you, and he desires to live inside of you. He wants to fill everyone with his spirit. And I can tell you that there is no greater feeling than when Jesus comes and lives in your heart. When you receive the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues, there is nothing that feels as good as when Jesus comes and lives inside of you. Do I have any testimonies here today? Can I have somebody just testify to that? Because that is such a beautiful feeling. It's something to be treasured, and it's something to hang on to. You know, Joel was, a, he was the prophet of Pentecost. He was uh, preaching about the Holy Ghost experience that was poured out in Acts chapter 2. That's what he was talking about here in Joel. And Peter even quoted him word for word in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21. He quoted Joel. He went back and said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, you know, and, and it goes into, he just quotes the scripture word for word. Because there... God himself desires to fill people with his spirit. He does. You know, I don't think you ever get used to this. I'm just going to say that right now, that when somebody comes to Jesus and you get to experience and stand beside when God pours his spirit out, there's something so exciting about it and something so contagious that you just can't help but worship. You never get used to that feeling. You never get used to just seeing somebody be filled with the Holy Ghost because it is the greatest blessing on the face of the earth. You know... Um, God really uh, dealt with me personally about this um, and about this message because I truly believe that we're going to see crazy awesome revival. I truly believe that with all of my heart. And I truly believe that the Lord spoke to me about it. And he told me that this church is moving into a season 
of outpouring in Brookfield. If we continue to press for revival, because revival does not come by passive means in the church. Revival comes when we get hungry people gathered together, hitting their knees before Jesus and crying out and travailing and and interceding on behalf of people, interceding on behalf of the city. That's when revival comes. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, I'm going to read this in the King James Version, then I want to read it in the Amplified Version. Um, It says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And then I want to read those same verses and 3 through 5 in the Amplified Version. So it says, Working together with him, we strongly urge you not to receive God's grace in vain by turning away from sound doctrine and his merciful kindness. For he says, At the acceptable time, the time of grace... I listened to you, and I helped you on the day of salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I just want to pause right there and say today is still the day of salvation. And now is still the time where God desires to pour out his spirit and to minister and to touch hearts and to call hungry people to his feet. Now is the time. And this is what we do as the church. And again, this is in the Amplified Version. We put no obstruction in anyone's path so that the ministry will not be discredited. But we commend ourselves in every way as servants of God. In great endurance, in sufferings, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in sleepless nights, and in hunger. The scripture revealed to me that revival does not come by passive means. But we must continue to be servants of God in whatever season we're in. No matter where we find ourselves, we have to be servants of God. My favorite um, phrase in that verse is in great endurance. In great endurance, because it shows that we can't just be built for sprinting when, we, when we're living for God. We have to condition ourselves, and we have to be disciplined in endurance. And whatever hardships come our way, we have to endure through them, keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. Whatever troubles come our way, we have to endure, keeping our eyes on Jesus Because in reality, when we live for God and we're working for the kingdom, it's an endurance race. It's not a sprint. 
It takes work. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's not always easy, but it's the right thing. And it's God wants to work through us in such ways that will just minister to people, in such ways that we'll see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in, this, in these days. God desires, like I mentioned earlier, I just want to really emphasize this because it's so important to understand, is that God desires to use this church to reach the people of Brookfield. God desires to use each and every one of us to minister to somebody. I want everybody right now just to close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes. And... I want you to think about how many people that you come in contact with on a regular basis every day. People that you work with, people that you go to school with. Just think about how many people that you come in contact with every day. Those are the people that need what we have. Those are the people that need the gospel message And we are the ones who come in contact with them every day who have to be witnesses. We have to preach the gospel to every creature. And we have to live a witness lifestyle. I pray that God gives us such a burden for souls. I pray that God lays such a heavy burden on each and every one of our hearts that says, you know what? I don't care what happens. I don't care what I have to go through, but I have to preach the gospel. I have to reach out to somebody's life. I have to tell them today is the day of salvation. I have to help people. I have to minister. Because this new season is going to blow our minds. It's just going to blow our lids because our God is that awesome because our God is that great and he's that powerful John 14 and 12 I want you to really think about this because this was to me one of the most impactful things that I've read says verily verily I say unto you John 14 and 12 He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Think about this for a second. Is that God himself, as Jesus Christ came to this earth, think about the many miracles, the many things that he did. Think about the blind eyes that were open, the deaf ears that were unlocked, the dead that was raised. And then Jesus says, greater works than these? Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. God wants to do some amazing things in these days. God wants to do some miracles that have never been seen before. God wants to continue to do the great and powerful miracles that he did while he was on this earth and that the apostles did. And God wants to use us to do 
those great miracles. But we have to be careful not to worship the miracle, but the God who sends the miracle. Because too many times we can get caught up in the works and not worship the one who does the works. Because it's really not us. We can't heal anybody. We can't forgive sin. We can't uh, unlock deaf ears and we can't open blind eyes on our own power. But Jesus Christ who works through us can do it. And he wants to use our hands to reach out and touch. Touch the blind eyes and let them open. Touch the deaf ears and unlock them. But it's Jesus who does it. But in this new season, I believe that we'll see miracle signs and wonders follow the believers. That we'll see great and mighty miracles be done And we'll see many, many people be filled with the Holy Ghost. And we'll see many, many people baptized in Jesus' name. I believe that. I believe it with all of my heart. Because time is coming to a close. And now is the time of the great outpouring. I believe it in Jesus' name. He's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, just like Joel says, in Jesus' name. I know I wasn't going to take up too much time. So I want to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring this to a close. But change, change is a known fact of life. Things change all the time. So why do people generally not like change? I've thought about this recently because people just don't seem to like change. But change happens all the time. But change, when it comes, is uncomfortable because it's something new. We're not used to it. And sometimes we try and resist against that uncomfortable feeling because something's new. And when the seasons change in life and God moves us to a position where he's speaking to us specifically about things that he wants to do in our lives and things that he wants to do in our church and and through us and we kind of resist against that uncomfortable feeling because sometimes when God asks us to do something we think well there's no way there's no way I could ever do that there's no way and it's so uncomfortable and it's so hard and it's a scary position to be in trust me I know But I also know what Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21 say. It says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If we could all stand in closing, the word perfect, the word perfect in this scripture is not the same as what's talked about in earlier uh, chapters of Hebrews when God says he makes you perfect. In those scriptures, it talks about being made perfect or being made whole. But in this scripture, the Greek word 
is katartizo, which literally means to be joined together to complete the work. So what God is really saying in this scripture is that the way he makes you perfect is when you completely sell out to him and sell out to his call and sell out to what he wants to do in your life. He literally joins himself together to you to complete the work. So even though when the seasons change and we move in to a season where God is calling us to do what seems like bigger and greater things than we've ever done before. We have to understand and realize that God is there with us every step of the way. He does not set you up for failure. He does not set you up so that you can lose. When God gives you a call, it's not so that you can fail. It's so that he can work through you and succeed through you. So I don't know, especially young people, I know that when God speaks to you about certain things that he wants to do, maybe it's starting a P7 club, maybe it's just talking to your friend, but you feel God dealing with your heart so strongly and you know that that's what God wants you to do. It can be so intimidating. It can be so scary. And I understand that. But what I want to tell you today is that if you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you, you have God himself on the inside and he has joined himself together to you to make you whole and to equip you to do anything that he is going to ask you to do. So young people, please listen to the voice of God. Adults, please listen to the voice of God because he will lead you into some amazing things, into some crazy seasons that'll blow your mind. And I know that God is leading this church into a season of outpouring and a season of revival. And we're gonna see souls saved for the kingdom of God. But we have to keep our eyes on him. And we have to stay on our knees before God and pray and intercede on behalf of this city. Because too many times when God starts blessing us and we just have great thing after great thing happening, we kind of take a back seat and just say, God, this is awesome. Keep going. But really, when we we move into those seasons of outpouring and we see people getting the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, that is not the time to take a back seat. That is the time we should hit our knees before God more than we ever have before. Because really, we must intercede on behalf of our city to see souls saved. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we're going to see many a soul saved in this church and that we're going to grow beyond these walls and that God is just going to do some amazing things. And young people, I got to tell you, I'm so excited. So excited about what God is going to do in this youth group. Because I believe that if we have a youth group that's on fire and that's sold out to the call, that's sold out to what God wants to do, there is no power in hell that can stand between us and what he wants to do. Young people, 
You have unlimited potential in the kingdom of God. Unlimited potential. And God wants to use each and every one of you to do something amazing and to do something awesome. I wonder if we could all come to this altar. And when you come to this altar, bring somebody in your mind. Bring bring a friend in your mind. Allow God to speak to you about somebody to pray for. And I wonder if we could just lift up that name to him in this altar. And we could just begin to pray and seek the face of God for what he wants to do. Jesus, we lift you up, God. We magnify you, Lord. We come before you on behalf of our friends and family. We come before you on behalf of those who are hungry. We come before you on behalf of the city of Brookfield. God, we pray that you would reach your arms out and wrap them around this city. God, I pray that you would put hungry souls in our paths. Lord, lead us to hungry people. Lead us to to those who want more of you, who are not satisfied with where they're at, but who desire your spirit in a greater way and who desire you to work in their lives in a more mighty and more powerful way. Hallelujah, Jesus. In this season of change, God, we keep our eyes on you. In this season of change, God, we keep our focus on you, Lord, because we can do nothing without you, but we can do all things through you because you strengthen us and you lead us and you guide us. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, God, join together with us, Lord. Let's go.